This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You can evolve to the level where you realize, okay, is this a lie or is this true? This is a lie. How could the opposite be true? So if your mind is telling you you're such a failure, I can't believe you can't do that. Okay, how could the opposite be true? Well, actually, I do this, this, and this, and this, and I am, am this, and I have done this before, just it's kind of struggling right now. You, you become like your own devil's advocate and you kind of challenge your own thoughts. Welcome to The Real Real, where I take you behind the Instagram reel and into the real lives of entrepreneurs, content creators, and anyone who inspires me and may inspire you too. I'm your host, Natalie Barbu, and let's get into it. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Real Real Podcast. I am your host, Natalie Barbu, and I always feel the need to intro with my name and who I am because we might have some new people here. And I am so excited whenever I see anyone listening to my podcast for the first time, when they post on their stories, when they tell me they just found my podcast, it literally makes me so happy. So I always want to make sure to give a very warm welcome and say that you are very welcome here. And I just appreciate you so much. But I'm coming on the mic from Miami, Florida. I'm from here, obviously, but I feel like I've been traveling so much lately and it's kind of slowing down now. I don't have any like major travel plans besides just going back to North Carolina. And I am planning on going to New York soon, but I'm just waiting it out because it is, it's cold, guys. And since moving down to Florida, I really am not equipped for the cold. I've never been equipped for the cold. So even in North Carolina and when I lived in New York, I didn't do well in like below 40 degree weather. Like honestly, below 70, I'm like, ooh, chilly. But like if I have a puffer on, whatever, I'm fine. But below 40 degrees, there is not enough layers that will make me comfortable. It is just cold. Like obviously when the sun's out, it's a little nicer, but it's just plain cold. So I really, really want to visit New York City because I would love to meet up with some investors, startup founders, do more of that stuff. But February in New York, that doesn't sound nice. That does not sound good to me. I saw that there were blizzards there. So all of you New Yorkers that are listening to this, how has it been? Because I'm just not prepared. The last time I went was actually in July. And I was like, I'm going to go back every single month. And then I just haven't. I've kind of gotten carried away. You know how you make plans and then you just like, it, it doesn't happen. Like life starts catching up with you. So haven't been, but I am planning on going and hopefully staying for like maybe two weeks, one to two weeks doing like a short-term Airbnb or like an apartment stay. I don't know. I, I want it to feel very homey when I'm there. So I'll see what I end up doing. And of course, I'll keep you posted and hopefully we can get some cool podcast guests. I think that would be awesome. But um, I have like a travel bug. I really, really want to travel. I want to go back to LA. I haven't been to LA since pre-pandemic. It's been the longest I've ever been without going to LA. I also really want to visit like San Francisco to see if I can meet with investors, but those types of investors just really, really scare me. So I don't know. I don't know if that's in my cards. But anyways, I'm in Miami and I'm so grateful to be here because it is sunny. It, we had a cold front. It was like 40 degrees. 
which is so cold in general, but especially for Miami. But right now it's like 65, 70 degrees and it's just perfectly sunny. So I kind of want to do like a mid-afternoon walk. Maybe after this podcast, I'll go for a walk. But I'm just really, really happy to be here. I never knew how much the seasons and the weather affected my mood until I moved here. And I just realized I was a lot happier, even though I'm more stressed just because of like what's going on in my life. I feel like I'm overall more happier here. So that's a good thing. But anyways, I am going to be doing a little segment. I love doing these segments for you and I'm going to do a high and low of the week. So I will say that my high of the week is actually the fact that my co-founders are in Miami. So they're visiting Miami. We're getting to work in person together, which has been super, super nice. And I feel like it's really good to have that like bonding experience with your team and to be able to like meet in person, work together and not do everything virtually because I don't know about you, but I have been getting Zoom fatigue. I really do like Zoom calls because now whenever I have to meet someone in person, I'm like, oh my God, I have to drive there. And it takes up double the time that you schedule for the meeting. Cause like, let's say you're 30 minutes away and then you have to drive 30 minutes back and the meeting was an hour. That's already two hours of your time. And then you want a little bit of a buffer in case there's traffic. So, you know, two and a half hours. So it's just like so much more productive to be on Zoom, but I have been getting such Zoom fatigue. I really want to do more in-person podcasts. I want to do in-person meetings. I have my very first Miami in-person meeting with a venture capitalist here in Miami tomorrow morning. We're meeting for coffee, which I am nervous about. I am definitely, definitely nervous about it. But anyways, what was I saying? High and low. High and low is that my co-founders are visiting me. So that's a high. And I will say my low of the week is always so hard to think about. I never know what my low of the week is. Actually, I'm going to change my high. Even though that still is a high, I'm going to give you two highs. My second high was that I did a picnic on Sunday night, which was so nice and wholesome. And I want to start adding it to like my weekday routine. I did a picnic with some friends right by the water and it was just beautiful and so nice and so refreshing. And it really lowered my cortisol levels. You know, it lowered my stress. So I think being outside and, you know, not being on your phone and not being, you know, talking about work and all of that is just good for your soul. So I will say that that was another high of mine. And if you are listening to this podcast and you are someone who is similar to me, where like the seasons and the weather really affects your mood and like you're working from home, take a break, go outside, listen to this podcast, go on a walk. Even if it is cold outside, I feel like obviously like I'm one to talk. I just talked about how much I hate the cold, but just getting outside of your routine and getting outside of your apartment, I think is actually so good for you. I'm such a routine oriented person, but getting outside of your routine, I think is really, really nice. So definitely, definitely recommend doing that. And then I will say my low of the week, I was stood up for a meeting this week. So not going to give details, you know, but I thought that was a little bit um, crappy. So I had a meeting that was like a really important meeting and the person just like never showed up, never responded, never texted back, never, none of that. So I thought that that was kind of sucky because I had like really prepared for the meeting and also it was like kind of an important meeting. And so when things like that happen, obviously it's not fun. So I would say that that was a low of the week, but I got to come up with some more creative highs and lows because I feel like everything that I talk about is like work oriented. And I don't know if that's interesting for you guys. So I'm going to brainstorm next time I do an intro. So it's not just work oriented because that is not as fun. Like it's just not. But anyways, today's guest, I'm very excited to talk about today's guest. Like so excited. She's 
Incredible. So we have on Danielle Gray. She is a multi-passionate entrepreneur. She's also a Wilhelmina fitness model, a speaker, and founder of Train Like a Gymnast. I have dabbled in gymnastics. If you know me and you know you've been watching me for a while, you know that I dabbled in gymnastics when I was younger, but I never played sports. So I literally never played sports. I was always so embarrassed to talk about that. I was like, what the heck? I just like, I've, I've always felt like everyone around me played sports and I was the only one that didn't. So that's why I started a YouTube channel. So you know what? I guess it was a good thing in the end, but I did do gymnastics for about a year. And so I always really, really like love observing people who have stuck with gymnastics because I think it's so cool. And I wish that I had stuck to it because I feel like it was such a good like thing to stick to. Like you get so strong. I feel like also it's like a mindset shift too. Like you're so disciplined. And so I really loved talking to her just about her experience with it. And her experience hasn't been, you know, a hundred percent great. Like she has dealt with a lot as well. And that is also what I wanted to dive into that she talks a lot about mental health as well as physical health. So I think that that is something that like I really wanted to talk about because people I feel like usually talk about one or the other. They either talk all mental health or all physical health when there is a combination of the two. And I did also want to say I wanted to put kind of like a trigger warning here where we do talk about depression. We talk about suicide. And if that's something that you want to turn off this podcast for, I would recommend it. So I just wanted to include that in here. We don't talk about it the whole time. It's um, a smaller section, but I just want to include it in case anyone wants to turn off the podcast. But anyways, Danielle is a certified personal trainer. She has specialties in body weight training, nutrition, kettlebells, pre and postnatal exercise, as well as a former junior Olympic gymnast judge and coach. So she kind of lives and breathes gymnastics. And she kind of had like an identity crisis that we talk about when she quit gymnastics and all of the stuff that I think is super, super important to talk about because so many people go through it, whether or not you care about gymnastics, it's more about just like having your identity in something. I feel that way with my work. I feel like my identity is social media and is like my job, like being CEO founder. And that is my identity and that is what it's wrapped up in. And so we talk a lot about that too. And I just know that you guys are going to love this episode. We dive into advice to get back into a fitness routine. If that's something that anyone is interested in, especially as we start the new year, we talk about how to become your own accountability coach and gain more confidence at the gym, wellness trends that aren't doing any of us any good, how she became self-aware to take care of her own mental health struggles. And then also she shares a very, you know, intense story about the power of pent up emotions and I think it's going to resonate and really relate to a lot of people. And I hope a lot of people feel less alone after listening to this episode. We talk about a lot. It's a great episode. But anyways, I am so excited to welcome Danielle to the show. So let's have her on. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today as it should with Earnin. Earnin is an app that is changing the game when it comes to getting paid. Imagine having access to the money you've earned as you work, not just waiting for payday. With Earnin, you can access up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So think about it. The next time you're planning a special night out, you need a last minute gift for a loved one, or you face an unexpected expense, like maybe a trip to the vet. 
Earnin has you covered. For me, it's about having the flexibility to handle those surprise expenses that life throws my way. So whether it's unexpected bills or needing to cover rent when things are tight, Earnin gives me peace of mind knowing that I have access to my hard-earned cash when I need it most. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability, security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type Real Real under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show, so please don't forget that step. Real Real under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Let's talk about styling hair because it is a whole production, especially when you are battling frizz. And take it from me, I live in Miami, Florida. It is about to be summer. I really know frizz, but honestly, I would rather be doing something else like booking a spontaneous vacation to St. Bart's or rewatching the Airs tour for like the third time. You know, the important stuff. But who actually has time for frizz? Introducing Way's new anti-frizz cream, it is like a superhero for your hair. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours. I actually brought it on a trip with me and my friend borrowed it and she purchased it right then and there because it was that good. So how does this fit into my hair routine? It is the best thing I could have done for my hair. I am all about saving time and the anti-frizz cream does just that. Plus the Sydney inspired North Bondi scent is so amazing. You can thank bergamot, Italian lemon violet and more. And as someone who is always concerned about heat damage because I definitely use a lot of heat on my hair, this anti-frizz cream provides heat protection, which is such a big relief. And my hair feels so much lighter and looks smoother after using it. Get busy being frizz free with Way's new anti-frizz cream. It's not just about taming frizz. It also provides heat protection up to four inches. 50 degrees, reduces inner pair split ends, quenches dry hair with intense hydration, and according to a consumer perception study, 90% of participants agreed that their hair looked less frizzy after using it. I can definitely contest that. And while you're at it, check out Way's other bestsellers like the leave-in conditioner, which I also use, detox shampoo, fragrances, hair oils, and hair gloss. They're all essential for achieving that salon-worthy look at home. So you can frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code RealReal for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code RealReal. Hey, Danielle, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited for what we talk about today. (laughs) I'm very excited too. This has been a long time coming. I feel like we've been planning this and I've been rescheduling. So I'm glad that we're finally doing it. But before we get started, I wanted to start with setting the record straight. So this is a segment that I do where we talk about stereotypes, assumptions, and then you'll let me know if they're true or false. Mm -hmm. Love it. First one is that mental health is just as important as physical health. So totally true. It's just like, why hasn't it been? I don't understand. (laughs) I think that's the key. It's like, yes, it's as important, but it hasn't been as important. Like it hasn't been focused on. Yeah. I don't know if you, if you have talked with uh, Victoria Garrick, but she's all about, you know, like real pod and like the hidden opponent and, and things that aren't physically seen like injuries in the mind and all of that. It's not taken as seriously as if you can like visually see that injury and it's it's so important it's just as important and it affects you just the same I know exactly like I feel like if you can't get out of bed because of something that you're going through with your mental health 
people kind of are like, oh my God, like you should be able to, but like, if you can't get out of bed because you're, right. you can't move your leg, like everyone understands that. And right. Like, it's just because it's, it's something I think that we see more and that mm-hmm. we understand more than, than others. Yeah, I agree. The next one is that New Year's resolutions are a good way to start your goals. <laughs> this one's like a myth. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it gives people a good opportunity to start goals. It's like a fresh you know, slate. But if we get in that habit, it makes us like procrastinate. So we won't start goals today, like the middle of the day, like after noon, after 12 o'clock, that could be a fresh slate for you. From this moment forward, that's something that I'm starting to say to myself more and more now. From this moment forward, no matter what's happened in the past, this is how I'm choosing to move forward instead of like, oh, I'll wait until Monday. Oh, I'll wait until January 1st. It's just this arbitrary thing that we throw out because it feels like if a fresh slate, but also calendars and months and days and years are kind of like we created that right. too. It's, it's just time. So I really think that any moment is an opportunity for people to start a new goal from this moment forward. Yeah. I like that a lot. I feel like I'm a big New Year's resolution person, but I am very adamant on like not procrastinating when I need mm-hmm. to do just because of a new year. So like I'll say like this year, I want to hit this many like subscribers or I want to make this much money or I want to, you know, like whatever, I'll have those like right. numerical goals. But like when I started my like fitness routine, for example, I think it was in college and I just randomly started. Like it was like one random day. I was like, I'm tired of not moving and like not doing right. anything. I'm like, yeah. I need to just start doing something. And so like that next day, I just started a workout class or I like watched a YouTube video, you know? And I think that that's something you have to like take action in the moment. Exactly. hundred percent. And then anyone can begin a fitness routine. Totally true. Anyone. If you have a body, you can. That's part of what my company Train Like a Gymnast is all about. If, if you have a body, you can find a way to start a fitness routine. Whether it's doing like yesterday, I did a, a try it Tuesday, like prayer pulses where you put your elbows, your forearms and your palms together. And then you kind of pulse upward from your chin to your nose that burns. <laughs> so yeah. anybody can do that. Uh, there are so many different ways to figure out how you can just stay active and how you can incorporate movement into your lifestyle squats while you're waiting for the microwave to be done, or, you know, all of those different things, be creative, treat it like a game. You know, mm-hmm. when, why don't we have that childlike fun anymore? Why, why can't we have fun and kind of like laugh at ourselves and make something a challenge? That's how you're going to enjoy it and do it more. And when you do it more, you see results. So yeah, find a way. When I was younger, I had birthday parties at this place called Jimboree. I don't know if yeah. you remember that. Yeah. And I remember that was like my favorite place. And like, it wasn't like, oh, we're going to work out, but it was just like right. jumping on different boxes and like going on the bars and doing yeah. like the ladders and all of this stuff, you know, that it's fun. Yeah. It was just fun. And like, that's why we love doing it. So I think it's like, we kind of lose that as we get older. It's like, we have to go to the gym at a certain time and right. work out for 30 minutes. And like, that can get boring for a lot of people. Or intimidating. Yeah. If you don't know what you're doing or you don't know what you're supposed to be doing. And we don't like reading instructions on machines because we feel like that's embarrassing. I don't understand why we're so afraid to be beginners. Just start it. Just try it. Learn something new. It's an opportunity for you to get smarter, to get stronger, to get more flexible, whatever it may be. Don't be afraid to start. Yeah. And how has your relationship with fitness shifted? Like, were you always into fitness as a kid or... Was it something that has evolved over time? Well, my mom put me in gymnastics when I was four. 
So it is kind of my life. It, it always has been a part of my life. She also put me into soccer and basketball, which that didn't work. Uh, <laughs> just no. But yeah, it's always been a part of my life. I was on the junior Olympic team until I was like 15. So I got to training level eight, which is like two levels below collegiate level. I had goals of like collegiate and Olympic goals, but that didn't happen. And when I retired, I had like all this free time. Actually, I was like, what do I do with it? You know, I'm used to working out like almost 20 hours a week and figuring out how to manage my time with school and everything. And I went into like dance and acting and musical theater and all that kind of stuff. And it just, I felt like a part of me was missing my identity. So I ended up kind of shifting back towards gymnastics, whether it be coaching or judging or just maintaining my skills and everything. And oh, look, now I've created a business out of it and I'm helping change people's lives across the world through gymnastics. So uh, it's part of my identity and what I love to do. And I love sharing that with other people. Yeah. And did you ever become, you became a full-time trainer, correct? Like you were training people, were you training people only in gymnastics or were you also doing like the traditional, you know, like gym trainer type of work? When I graduated college at USC, I didn't have a job immediately out of college. So it took me a couple months to get it, but then I started online marketing and I loved it. It was a desk job, but um, like, I love the people. I love the company and everything, but I was still part-time gymnastics coaching kids on the side. And then about a year into that online marketing job, I got certified as a personal trainer and, you know, I'm just doing that stuff in the evenings and on weekends because I enjoy it. And I realized that I kept forgetting to pick up my check at the gymnastics gym. And I was like, all right, you were forgetting you're getting paid to do this. So maybe you should follow this and it's your passion. So I turned down a promotion at my desk job and then I dove full time into, you know, the fitness industry without a plan, which I would not recommend, uh, have strategies in place before you do so. But I was coaching kids. And then I was also training adults, but I realized that I was training adults like gymnasts. We were doing balance work. We were doing hollow body holds, a lot of focus on core, a lot of focus on form, strength, and flexibility. And so that's where the idea of train like a gymnast came because I was personal training people like a gymnast because it works and it's what I know. And that's where everything kind of has evolved, obviously over time with all the different reincarnations of what T-Lag actually is. <laughs> yeah. And how was that shift, I guess, from being the gymnast yourself to then giving that up in a way and like kind of losing that identity to then working in it? Like, what was that shift like for you mentally? What, how, did you have any mindset shifts that you had to kind of overcome? Mm -hmm, absolutely. So I was always Danielle the gymnast. And like ever since elementary school, people just knew me as the gymnast. I would be, I would teach I would teach like the handstands and cartwheels. And I'd have a little gymnastics class during recess in elementary school. I don't know why that was allowed. Adults must have seen me like spotting children. That was that. <laughs> but it was the 90s. I guess it's fine. So I always wanted and liked being a teacher at the same time as, as doing gymnastics. But when I left the sport, I did have this loss of identity. I was like, who am I? If I don't do gymnastics, am I still a gymnast? Like, what really is a gymnast and what does it mean to train like a gymnast? So I'm not the only person who feels that way. And just because it's gymnastics, that's my personal journey. But, you know, people, when they leave volleyball or soccer or basketball, then they're like, who am I? You know, am I still an athlete? Am I a former athlete? This identity crisis happens. And so we have to do this introspection and this work on ourselves to redefine our identity and 
realize that we still are an athlete because athletes are movers. So if you're still moving, maybe you're not competitive anymore, but you're still an athlete. And so I had to go through that identity crisis of who am I to eventually end up back at the, yes, I still am a gymnast. Yes, I'm an athlete. And I can continue to share that love for the sport and give people what I didn't have or what I always wanted in this new way and do it my way as my own boss and in charge of it all. So it's been a really natural progression. It obviously did not happen overnight, Mm -hmm. but I love working with people who have just retired or been out of the sport for like 10 years. And then they realized, oh my gosh, I can still do some of this stuff. Muscle memory is a thing. It's so rewarding to see adults get excited like kids because they were able to do something for the first time. Yeah. And I know a lot of people probably that haven't been doing it for a while, they've taken breaks, they kind of want to get back into a routine or there's other opposite end of the spectrum where it's like they've never had a routine and they want to get into it. Yeah. What's some of your tips and advice to like be dedicated, stay committed and actually get into a fitness routine? And this doesn't have to be going to the gym. You know, it could be like just moving your body, like you said. So what's some of your advice to to get people into that routine, especially as like the new year comes around? So what I do for clients with behavior change, if they want to change something in their life, you got to start small and you start with something that you know you can accomplish with at least 90% confidence. So that could be something like, I'm going to do five pushups when I get out of bed every single morning. And if you think that's too many, okay, I'm going to do one pushup every single morning when I get out of bed or I'm going to do it three times a week. You got to find something small enough, not a a would like to, but I know I can absolutely do that. It's almost like, that's so easy. That's what you need to start with to start getting into a routine. Once you start one pushup, most likely you're going to be like, oh, okay, I can do a couple more. But I want you to still only put the goal of one, okay? Even if you do five one day, the next day, it's still one. All right. All of that is extra credit because that success and confidence compounded over time is what's going to help you evolve and get things more complex. The hardest part is starting. The hardest part is getting out out of the bed onto the floor or putting on clothes and going to the gym or turning on the TV and pressing play on the T-Lag app. Like those are the things that are the hardest. Once you start, you're like, you're good. You just follow along and then you're done. Oh, look. So figuring out how to start is what I would say is most important for people who want to get into a fitness routine or get back into it, like you were saying. Because a lot of times athletes, we listen to what our coach says, we execute. And then when we don't have a coach anymore, it's kind of like, oh, nobody's telling me what to do. Yeah. Nobody's keeping me accountable. I don't have to do all this. (laughs) I'm not going to be punished. Then that's where we kind of lose that accountability. So you've got to be your own coach and you've got to learn and be curious about what motivates me. Why am I doing all this? Why do I want to have a fitness routine? Why do I want to be in shape? Your why is what's going to pull you through all of the hard times and the frustration and the moments where it's so hard to get out of bed. And I actually just posted a workout in the app. That's a couch potato workout. Actually, no, it comes out next week. Exclusive. Uh, Couch potato workout where you don't even have to leave the couch and you do a workout. So there are ways, you know, you can always find a way to, to start. Yeah. I feel like that's the thing. It's that mental block of like, I don't want to go to the gym. I'm scared or I'm intimidated because I don't know what to do. Or I remember when I first started, I was so scared that even if I had a work, like I would have an app that would tell me what to do. So it's like, I knew exactly what to do, but I was like, I'll be doing it wrong, you know? And then people will judge me or like, 
Mm -hmm. oh, if I'm only doing like five pound weights, like that Mm -hmm. looks bad and I'm nervous. You know, I would get so nervous, like, especially because in a lot of gyms, it's set up where it's like the weights and it's all the guys that are like lifting, like so such heavy weights. And then I'm over here like, excuse me, like getting mine and like doing little weights. And so I would get so scared of that. But I think what helped me was I just kind of got over that fear by first I was doing like workouts in my apartment or in my dorm room at the time because it was college. So in my own space, I was like doing at home workouts where like no one could see me. Mm-hmm. And then once I started developing that confidence of being like, okay, this isn't that bad. Then like the next year, it took me a whole year to like go to the gym because I was so scared. Because also I grew up like never playing sports. So like I'm not athletic. I'm not an athlete at all. Like I'm not coordinated. <laughs> I'm, you know, like I. I wasn't like the strongest. So for me, I was so intimidated, but I think it's those little things like you say, like you just have to start and then you have to do things with that confidence. So right. That, that's what really helped me. Yeah. When I was a trainer at Equinox, I worked with so many people and a lot of girls in particular where that was, that was their fear. But yes, the gym is set up that way, but also you would be surprised how many of those guys are doing things wrong and it blows my mind and it's so frustrating. So do not be a... <laughs> Do not be intimidated by the guys lifting heavy weights because they 100% should not be lifting that heavy in the first place. Once when I work with guys, I give them some kind of cue of like, okay, don't let your elbow move from this plane as you're doing bicep curls. And they can't do that weight anymore. So we got to go down. All right. So do not feel like you are not as good as anybody else. Everybody over there is kind of trying to look like they have it together, but just like adulting. We're all just little kids trying to be an adult in this life. (laughs) So you're doing something that most people are too afraid to do. So good for you. Mm -hmm. So do your best. Or if you see, if you're at a gym and you see one of the employees or or a trainer there, don't be afraid like you're going to be sold, but ask them, say, hey, can you watch my form and make sure that I'm doing this right? So then you have somebody watching you and it's almost like you're getting like a free little five minute private. And it's not just you feeling insecure, but you're asking for help. And there's nothing wrong with asking for help. That's courageous. That's you looking out for your safety so you don't get injured. And it gives them something to do. Yeah. A lot of times, Equinox, there's a, they're the blue shirts. We were on floor shifts. We're walking around and our job is to talk to people. But a lot of us don't like talking <laughs> or is selling. So if somebody asks us to do, to do something, it's like, oh, great. I have a purpose right now, you know? So don't be afraid to ask. It's always funny hearing the other side of it, you know, like hearing, oh, okay, I guess I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> right. There's nothing wrong with it. There's no shame in it. And we appreciate that because we don't like having to see someone drop a weight over there and get hurt. And then we have to be like, oh, go find somebody. And then we've had people, you know, have, firefighters come in and take them out. Like it's, please don't, (laughs) please don't risk it. Just trying to be cool. And then also with what I do and how I train all of the workouts for train, like a gymnast on the app are, I film it here in my living room. So everything can be done at home. Just like you were saying, you build up that confidence. That's the goal of it. It's like, I'm not teaching you how to backflip at home, but if you come to a workshop or retreat, I can help you, but I'm helping you build the strength, the proprioception, the balance, the flexibility to be able to do those things eventually. So you can start, like you were saying, at home where nobody's watching, you're doing follow along videos, or you're just doing the the workouts and like the tap through uh, looping videos. And all of the form and the cues are in the description, or I'm saying it, and there are ways to modify it or to progress it if it's too easy or if it's too hard. There's always a way. So figure it out. Same thing, like find a way. And then once you're like, okay, I've done this a couple of times. Let me go do this like in front of people. Let me take this workout, which I know I've done before, 
into the gym. So I have that, that more of that confidence and then just, yeah, start, do it. You can do this. You are so much more capable than you think you are. And I don't know why, especially women, we're so afraid of being, well, I guess men too. We're so afraid of being beginners. We're so afraid of being bad at things. And most of the time people at the gym do not work on things that they suck at. Yeah. They go in and they do the things that they know how to do, but you should go in and suck. So you can get stronger in those other ways. When I would work with clients one-on-one, oh my gosh, to failure constantly. And they're like shaking and squiggling and you know, gym sounds. <laughs> That's the good stuff. That's where you know you're breaking out of your comfort zone and change does not happen in your comfort zone. That's mm-hmm. where you, you stay stagnant. That's where you're comfortable. You're coasting. You're not pushing and leveling up. So get comfortable being uncomfortable every single time you move your body. Try mm-hmm. something new and you'll improve. Yeah. I feel like also we were so scared to be beginners, but then we don't think that everyone was a beginner at one point. Like yes. the best people in the world at whatever it is you're trying to do was a beginner yeah. at one point, just like you. So I think that that always helps me. Like whenever I'm thinking about something like that, I'm like, who cares? Like everyone had to start. Like no one yeah. just like popped out and was like amazing <laughs> at whatever it is right. they, they're doing. So yeah, I, I totally agree. So I want to talk about some like misconceptions and and things because the healthcare or the health industry, I should say, and the fitness industry has a lot of misconceptions. Everyone thinks they're experts and then they do these like diet trends or these like fitness trends that end up really actually being more damaging than helpful. Right. What are some that you like can't stand that you like wish went away or any anything like that that have like stuck out to you that's kind of like been a trend or a fad that you're just like you don't like? I do not like restrictions. So, you know, focusing on your nutrition and your what you put into your body is important. Not elimination diets. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about restricting. Oh, I can only have this amount of calories. Oh, I can only um have one of this, you know, it's, it's restricting. And if you were raised in a strict household, you know, that restricting did not necessarily work, right? Because it made you want to rebel more. And the same thing, we want what we can't have. So if you are telling yourself, I can't have this, you're going to want it more. And you're going to wonder, why can't I get this right? Why do I keep craving this? It's because you're restricting it. So indulge, but in moderation, that's what I would say. So if you want apple cider or a cookie. Okay. Have half a glass or dilute it a lot or only fill half the packet or have one cookie and then put the rest out of sight. Right. When you, when you self-serve and you have moderation and you still allow yourself to indulge, you're gonna be like, okay, that's all I needed. Or if you're craving something sweet, try an apple first. And then maybe you're going to get more full and be like, oh, no, I don't need anything else. Right. Or you're like, oh, that hit the spot. So if you can find substitutions, and focus on not restricting, but having that moderation and having that pleasure. Remember, you have one life. Yes, I want you to be healthy. I don't want you to eat a whole box of cookies or, you know, or a whole entire bag of pasta, but there are ways to still enjoy the things that you love, but not overdo it Mm -hmm. because that restriction can lead to binging and obsessive behaviors. And why not just let yourself have a little bit of it? And then you can have some the next day. Your body is not an, a computer. Not everything is absorbed the same way. You know, if you're counting these calories and you're trying to be exact, there are hundreds of calories plus or minus that are not being absorbed 
that are being peed out or whatever, you know, it, there is not an exact. So you got to listen to your body, listen to how you're feeling, adjust accordingly, and, and really, 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 really trust how you're feeling after you eat that thing or have that thing. Are you happy? Okay. Happiness is great. And health is great. So figure out both. Yeah. I think that's something that a lot of people, when they do restrict, like you said, then it's like, it's that binge. It's like, oh my God, I haven't had cookies in mm-hmm. in a week. And then they just like eat all of them, even though it's not what they probably, they're probably not even like feeling satisfied after that, you know? So I always like to, like you said, like have everything in moderation. Like if I want a Papa John's pizza one night, I'm going to order it. Yeah. But I know that I'm not going to have that every night, you know, like, it's not like it's my main dinner, you know, but so mm-hmm. I think that whenever you allow yourself to treat yourself, you realize that like, you don't need it all the time. And then those treats and those like, moments when you do have those like are so satisfying and so yeah I I like to think of it like that but I know obviously there's so many people that have like different eating patterns and have different histories that it's not as easy as as saying that but I do think that listening to your body is like the first step and like so important yeah absolutely and if you are someone who has struggled with an eating disorder in the past or you have those tendencies restricting 100% is not the way to go or calorie counting is not the way to go it's it's got to be something subjective based like on your emotions, how you feel before you indulge, how you feel after, and really trusting those feelings to to dictate how you eat, you know, and not having guilt or shame attached to food. Food is fuel. So you think, okay, how is this going to, what do I have to do today? All right. So if I eat this, that'll help me. That'll help me get through today. And understanding nutrition will actually help you a lot too. So understanding macro and micronutrients and vitamins and what's absorbed with what it, it can, it can help you understand more so than just like, Oh, this is a bad food. I shouldn't be eating this. You're judging and labeling food instead of understanding its purpose. Yeah. I love that. And now I want to kind of talk about mental health a little bit. Cause I know that you're very open about mental health. You post about it a lot. Mm-hmm. You're very vulnerable on social media with it. Mm-hmm. And so what are some things that you make sure that you focus on like for your mental health? Like, do you have practices that you do every day? Do you have things that you know, like, okay, like these are signs that like I might be reaching a breaking point or, you know, like what are just some patterns and routines that you do to help your mental health? I, since 2019, have journaled in the five-minute journal every day. And they just actually just gave me the, uh, the app version. I like writing, though. I, it's, it's easier for me to remember when I have to write it down versus it being my phone with all the notifications. But journaling every day. So it's like gratitude practice, it's intention setting, and it's affirmations. In the morning and then at night, it's like reflecting on the day. What went well? What could I have done better? So very simple, very straightforward. Journaling for people who it's hard for them to journal. I would highly recommend it. I also meditate to sleep. So guided meditations. I now have an avocado tattoo, which after I was really at the lowest point, I had plans like suicidal ideation a couple months ago, actually. And as I was trying to shift out of it, because I knew I didn't want, I lost some friends to suicide in the past year. I knew I didn't want to make that permanent decision, but I was thinking about it. I was realizing that, okay, I'm human. I've been here before. I can have these feelings and emotions, but one of the meditations I was listening to was telling me to hold my darkness in my light and with love instead of letting that darkness consume me. So that's what the avocado is. The pit is the darkness, right? And it's surrounded by love and light. And so just giving that darkness and those negative thoughts a hug, that's kind of like what we all want. 
it's okay. It's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Everything's fine. It will get better. Imagine every time you had a negative thought like that, you know, the big white angel comes in and gives it a hug. It just minimizes it. It shrinks it. It makes it calm. So that's something that I continue to remember, especially when I see this. And I never thought I would get a tattoo before, but it needs to be so permanent because it was such a serious time that I've been here before. Things got better literally the month after. And so just remember to, to hold that darkness in, in your, my light. And then what, what else helps me, what I said before, is from this moment forward. So even if somebody does eat a whole bag of cookies, okay, you don't need to beat yourself up. Okay, it happened you're it, it's done right from this moment forward i'm going to blank mm-hmm. you figure out how to make changes based on mistakes so you learn from your mistakes from this moment forward i will do blank that has really been helping me with creating that fresh slate and starting over or new or setting new goals so i i highly recommend uh using that phrase whether it be for your work for a relationship for nutrition, for missing a workout, whatever, from this moment forward is a big one. And then uh, knowing you're not alone. And when you share your story, you realize that a lot of people have been there too. Yeah. Is that how you felt like sharing it on social? Like, was that scary to be that vulnerable and open online? I feel like that's, that's something so personal and something that's like, you're putting it out there. Like, was that a scary time for you? Yeah, I've I've shared little bits and pieces before, but not that like graphic or, you know, ex- explaining really what happened. So I was scared and I I, I knew I wanted to share what had been going on because I would kind of like had disappeared from social media for like a week and I wanted to delete it and all of that, but I couldn't remember my password, blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> it, was, it was a whole thing. But I remember my mom, she told me when she saw me post that, she was like, Oh, Danny, shut up, shut up, shut up. Stop talking. Cause she, you know, she was feeling scared for me, but the response that I received and the opportunities that I'm, you know, having to share my story and help people realize that they're not alone. Every single person I've talked to has had their own version, mm-hmm. their own story. Even if they have not really experienced depression, everybody deals with negative thoughts, you know, like recurring or you know, negativity or just kind of like self-sabotaging or shaming yourself. Everybody has their own version. So you're absolutely not alone. And I did feel alone in bed for those days. And I was just like, I want someone to be here, but I don't want anyone to talk to me, but I want to be included. I can't talk right now, but then this person's going to try and fix it, but then they don't understand the whole situation. And then you spiral yourself into isolation even further. And isolation is really what kills. And you need to remember when you're in those places, which the avocado helps me, is that depression and anxiety and negativity, they're liars. Mm -hmm. They lie to you and you can choose to believe the lies, which is what gets you into danger. Or you can evolve to the level where you realize, okay, is this a lie or is this true? This is a lie. How could the opposite be true? So if your mind is telling you you're such a failure, I can't believe you can't do that. Okay, how could the opposite be true? Well, actually, I do this, this, and this, and this, and I am, am this, and I have done this before, just it's kind of struggling right now. You, you become like your own devil's advocate, and you kind of challenge your own thoughts. And you can write this down, you can express it in art, you can create music, lyrics, you can put it into movement, into dance. Like There are so many different ways to express that tug of war, the, the push and pull, the thoughts, the negative and the positive. 
So I challenge everybody to figure out a way to express versus holding it in. Because when you speak it, when you share it, it becomes smaller, it becomes less intimidating. And it's not this giant dark monster hovering over you. It is an avocado pit surrounded by your talents and your light. Because every one of us is like a bright shining light. Yeah. And are there moments where you kind of like leading up to when you do feel like that low point that now you recognize and you're like proactive about it and you're, you know, saying your daily affirmations, you're journaling more, you're talking to someone like what, what does that look like for you? I guess when you notice yourself kind of mm-hmm. getting yeah. to that low point. The, the, the triggers are the things that kind of make me like, ding, 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 you're, you're, uh, you're slipping. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or if um, you, do you have that? I guess I do. Yeah. I do now. And, and I didn't until I hit that low place. But now I realize that when it's hard for me to get out of bed or my legs feel really heavy, or I start to feel like there's water level rising up into my throat, that, that kind of resistance or tension or body aches, difficulty concentrating, or when I am writing and it's hard for me to figure out what I'm grateful for, or I'm kind of not having purpose or intention for the day, I'm like left speechless, then I have to get very simple. So I'm grateful that I am alive. I'm grateful that I'm breathing. I'm grateful that I am healthy. I am grateful that I still have both parents. You have to get so simple. And a lot of times people struggle with like, I don't know what I'm grateful for. You have so many things to be grateful for if you really stop and and think, you know, it doesn't have to be uh, this grandiose thing, it can be something as simple as your heart is beating. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that is a trigger of mine, or that is a, an indicator of mine that helps me realize if I'm struggling with gratitude, I'm, I need to, I need to seek help and be proactive about that. I need to schedule a session with my therapist. I need to um, have social interaction. So maybe just friends coming over and watching movies or FaceTiming someone and just sitting there on the phone, not saying anything. Just sometimes like having somebody there is, is what we need. And if you want to just text someone hi back and forth, hi, 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 hi. Yeah. Maybe, th- maybe that's something that you can try that will help. It's really important to be self-aware because without awareness, you can't change anything because you don't know what you need to change. Mm-hmm. So step one is become aware of it. Start to track the patterns and see what happens because you're not going to be a level 10 out of 10 for the rest of your life. Right. Right. You're going to, you're going to dip. You're going to go down. You might go negative, but figuring out those patterns and what seasons and, and parts of your life cause those dips or the highs. And then that will give you more and more tools to be able to manage it in the future from this moment forward with the, you've been here before um, and all of those techniques to help you get out of it. Right. And I mean, like you said, like, yes, you also train, you know, like you train like a gymnast, you train your body, but these are things that you can train your mind and you can train Mm -hmm. your, you can kind of be proactive with your mental health so that you don't get into that, those low moments again, or when you do get into those low moments, you know how to get out of it way easier and quicker than, you know, before, if you didn't train for that. So I think it's so important, even for people who don't have depression or don't have anxiety, Mm -hmm. Because I mean, everyone feels sad. Everyone feels negative. Everyone feels anxious, even if they're not like die, like even if it's not a diagnosis, but it's so important to constantly think about that because it's, I think it's very easy to have depression or to actually Mm -hmm. be diagnosed with it if you don't get a check of it, like when it's not that bad earlier. So I think it's kind of like when people say, 
like you should go to therapy even when things are okay. Like when things mm-hmm. are good, like that's when you should go to therapy. It's the best time. Yeah, because like when things are really bad, it's like, all right, like you should have gone a little bit ago. Survival, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you gotta, you gotta add more tools to your tool belt. There's so many things that you just said that I was like, oh, I don't wanna talk about that. I wanna talk about that. <laughs> so yes, the your unmanaged negativity or depression, your anxiety can get you into a, a completely dangerous place, whether it is loss of life or uh, with me a year ago, I was so stressed and anxious and like angry at the world and everything going on. I went down to get my, uh, my Chipotle order one time from Postmates. I was like, why is it taking so long? And as I was going down to get it, I noticed like there was so much traffic outside and I live on a residential street. I'm like, what is going on? But apparently these street takeovers have been a thing throughout COVID where they like people will will park in an intersection and then just do donuts and cause smoke and all of that. And then so when the police came to break it up, people just started flooding the residential streets. And as I was trying to get my Chipotle, which should have been a happy moment, I <laughs> I heard like these girls hanging out of a car window, like screaming at my neighbor that they were going to shoot him or whatever. And I'm like, what? Where am I? I live in this like retired area. It's like very well off. And I'm just like, what is happening? And so because all of my depression, anxiety, and anger had not been resolved and was not being managed by therapy or medication or anything, I said some things back to them and which I shouldn't have. And they pulled over. Three girls got out, came up to my face. I was like putting my hand and because there are three of them. So I put my other foot up in their face and boom, they punched me right in the head, down to the floor. My boyfriend at the time was standing next to me. And yeah, they just started beating me onto the ground in front of my apartment. And they punched my head. And then one of them like pulled my pants, kind of like giving me a wedgie. And I was like, like I had a moment where I stopped and like turned around, like, are you serious right now? And as I did that like face, boom, somebody punched me in the eye. I felt my eye like go back to my brain and come back. It was, it was intense, but it's really hard for me to bruise. So even after being like beaten to the ground in the dirt that night, it didn't look as bad like the next few days. Like honestly, I kind of wish it looked worse. So I could have, <laughs> so I could have like exaggerated, like you guys really messed me up. Um, but they also stole my phone and, uh, and drove off. And so I was chasing the car because it's still traffic. So they weren't going that fast. So I'm chasing the car side by side and uh, my ex, is smart and calm in emergency situations where he's like, he was pulling them off instead of beating them because he's like, if they have a caravan or a car with like people with guns behind them, like I'm not going to risk that. Yeah. I did not think that. Um, and so as I'm chasing the I'm next to the car, he's behind the car saying the car's license plate number, thankfully. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I'll leave you alone if you give me, give me back my phone. So they drove off, but they went back towards where the chaos was happening. So I think they got stuck. We ran back inside. I was trying to figure out how to cancel all my credit cards because my phone had, you know, everything in the back. And he changes his clothes, puts on a beanie, puts on his mask and, and goes out to, to look for it. And I guess my find my iPhone said that it was like on the main street. And I was like, okay, please just be careful. And, but he found it. And then the next morning we found the final credit card that was missing. So I didn't press charges. So scary. It was scary. And I got my friend in the FBI involved and we found out, you know, like who owned the car and everything, but like, I didn't want to anger them more or have them know where I lived and everything. So I was just like, you know, it's whatever. I just need to 
need to learn, get my, get my ish together. And that's what I want to share with people is, can be another result of unresolved or unmanaged depression, anxiety, and anger. Mm -hmm. You need to get it under control because it can result or manifest as lashing out, putting yourself in dangerous situations, risk-taking that can affect you physically. You know, because if they, if they had had a gun, boom, I'm dead in my front yard. Yeah. But I wasn't, thankfully, you know, it's, you need to get help before that thing happens. But if that thing happens, maybe that teaches you. Yeah. And there's so much that's not talked about when it comes to mental health. It's not just, oh, you're sad. Like mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. not the only thing. It it affects so relationships. It affects mm-hmm. the the way that you assess risk, you know, your anger. Like there's so much that I think people don't talk about. And again, going back to what we originally said, it's because people don't see it. Like it's like mm-hmm. Yeah. If it, if you can't see it, like, oh, people saw your black eye, you know, and they saw that that probably hurt you, but they don't see everything else behind it. So mm-hmm. I think that it's, it's just so important to get it in check and to have like some self-awareness and self-reflection. And, you know, you can't just go through life day by day, like not just going through the motions and not actually like looking back at your mental health. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's, don't just think like, oh, I'm just an angry person. Oh, I'm just, you know, an introvert. Oh, I'm just this. Don't just accept or identify with this because who are you really are you natalie or are you you know is that the name that was given to you and and i love the book the untethered soul because it talks about this it's you are the consciousness that is experiencing this life you are not a mother you are not a teacher you are not your you know your career your a gymnast right the you is the like soul the being that is living this life mm-hmm. and i don't know if reincarnation is a thing the you in another life is going to be something else or some you know someone else so if you if you start to say i am statements with you know your traits and your qualities and everything when you start to make changes you're going to have an identity crisis because you've always identified as an introvert but if you start to make you know, changes in being more social, you're going to feel really uncomfortable because you're like, I'm an introvert. I'm an introvert. This is out of alignment. I don't know who I, you know, who I am. This isn't me. Well, if you say I have introverted tendencies, you, you have those tendencies and it's easier to make changes because you're not identifying your entire being as that. Yeah. No, I, I, I love that. And I think it's so useful for people to hear not only in the new year, but just for always, you know, it's yeah. something like, it's always something to keep keep with you. And so I know we talked a lot about advice and like good pieces of advice, but I always ask my guests this question. So what is the realest piece of advice that you've ever gotten? So best piece of advice, realist, the one that you've implemented the most, like it could, it could be anything. It's something that I've been told and that I share with, you know, my clients, it's the nothing changes if nothing changes. So if you are not happy with what's going on in your life or you want something to change, if you don't make a change, if you don't start, like we've been saying, right? Nothing's going to change. If you're just like, oh, I'm stuck. Okay, what are you going to do about it? A lot of times when I was a gymnastics coach and and kids would come up to me like, Miss Danny, um, I cut my finger. I'd be like, okay. Yeah. What do you you want me to do about it? Like they didn't come with a solution. So I was challenging them to be like, do you need a band-aid? Do you need to ice? Do you need to sit out? Are you just telling me this? Like, 
you, you, you gotta, uh, you gotta come with a solution and just change, make a change. All right. Otherwise your finger's going to stay cut and you're just going to sit there. Yeah. I love it. I completely agree with that piece of advice too. And something that I think so many people need to hear. So thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Where can they find you? Where can they find a train like a gymnast? I basically live on Instagram. So at Danielle Gray Fit, G-R-A-Y. And you can find Train Like a Gymnast through my Instagram, the link in bio, uh, my stories. You can, you can see everything that's going on. You can find links there. And that's, yeah, trainlikeagymnast.com. Daniel Gray, I'll give you all the, the links for the show notes. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, everything will be in the show notes. But thank you so much, Danielle, for coming on my podcast. Uh, this was such a good episode. And I would love to see just like how Train Like a Gymnast blows up too, because I think it's such a good, great idea. Thank you. Thank you. I hope so too. It's very holistic. And thank you everyone for listening. I hope you got some nuggets out of it and let me know how, you know, how it resonates with you and changes your life. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Real Real. I hope that you enjoyed and don't forget to rate, review, follow, or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can follow me personally on Instagram at Natalie Barbu and the podcast at The Real Real Podcast. I'll see you next Monday. Hey there, my name is Renee Rena, and I am the mom friend you have always wanted. I am also the host of the Mom Room Podcast. We publish two episodes per week, a co-hosted episode on Tuesdays and a solo episode on Thursdays. Popular topics include pooping and having sex after giving birth. I have a solo episode where I talk about not sharing a bed with my husband and why that's okay. I hope you'll tune in to these conversations every week. Join us on Instagram at the mom room podcast and start to feel a little less alone in this crazy thing called motherhood. Hey, my name is Lovan Roomf and I've been working my ass off as a celebrity stylist by day and a podcast host by night. At the Low Life Podcast, it's all about keeping it real. We're talking fashion, beauty, to religion, sex, drugs, mental health. I mean, there's no topic off limits here. And vulnerability is mandatory. You can find my podcast, The Low Life, that's L-O, no W, everywhere and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. New episodes are out every Thursday. We'll see you then.